I'm Luca Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined for the second, third, it's been several, second. second time, Jimmy Crowther from All Things Mavs on Twitter. Jimmy, how you doing, man? I'm doing real well. I'm doing incredibly well after that game. You're still doing well, even though like you're not, you're not a clock watcher. You're not watching the tank standings too closely, right? Like A win like this, still, still in your MFFL heart, still rises some emotion i mean for me of course i checked the tank standings after with memphis <laughs> losing and atlanta winning it was in the back of my mind but it was one of those games where you can just push it all the way to the very back and just bury it <laughs> it was still there though as soon as the game ended you went and checked it <laughs> yeah it was there <laughs> so all right this is a bonus spot obviously and uh some of you were worried that this wouldn't happen it came a little late because uh, I went to go see the movie Us tonight, and man, it is, it's very interesting. It's a very interesting movie. I recommend anybody to go see it, unless you're scared um, of scissors or sca- scared of yourself. Those are the two things that I wouldn't recommend. If you, have, if you have an inherent fear of those two things, then I would not go see it. Have you seen it yet? I haven't seen it yet, but I'm definitely going to be seeing it this week. Yeah, I recommend it. I was going to make a big analogy, and then I was like, man, this is the opening weekend. I can't make a big analogy with that movie because it's too early. Not enough people. Way too soon. Way too soon. It's way too soon. Um, But we will be running through this this Mavericks 126-91 to route over the Golden State Warriors. It was just a confounding game on so many levels, but confounding in a great way because the Mavericks came out on top. And it was just fun to watch Dirk go do his thing. So we'll break down that game and then talk about a couple of things going forward. Get Jimmy's opinion on a couple of these hot-ish topics that the Mavericks have right now. So, man, that first quarter, good Lord. I, I didn't think the Mavericks were going to miss the rest of the game. It was insane. And, and it just kept it kept going and going and going. And you were waiting because the Mavs have had some hot quarters and some hot first halves and whatnot. And so you're just waiting for the Warriors of all teams to make a run it just never happens it just it just kept going and Mavs kept pouring it on and every time you know Maxi would hoist a shot or you know he threw it to the corner for you know Luca to throw it up or Dirk even you're just thinking okay well one of these has to miss one of these has to miss and then eventually they'll get cold and it just didn't happen I mean at first quarter Maxi was four for four hit two threes I mean man uh Luca had three threes in that first quarter. Dirk had two threes. He hit both of his threes. He had two other shots. Just everything that they were throwing up was going in. And that's what this team can be. This is we've seen this team be like this, where they're hitting their shots, which is kind of the same for any NBA team. And it kind of just proves that, you know, all NBA teams have real NBA talent. And if they can get hot, anybody can lose on any given night. I mean, on the same night that the Mavericks routed the Warriors, the Hawks won against the the Sixers and they were at full strength too. They had their, all their guys. Nobody was was out and everybody all their starters played 30 plus minutes and they lost on a last second Trey Young shot, but uh you know, anybody can win on any given night and that's what makes the NBA so great. Yeah, yeah, and I mean 
the way some of the guys were playing tonight, I think I think one of the things that impressed me the most early on, especially because it really for Maxi it was only in the first half. I mean, he scored all 16 of his points in the first half, but you saw him doing some stuff like he had he had a step through move um, where he he pump faked at the three and then dribbled up to the elbow and and knocked down a mid range jumper. Um, he had one or two. Uh, back to the basket and then fade away jumpers a la Dirk. Um, yeah, there was one, he was on the right block and he, he turns and, and spins. And I was, I was writing my notes. It's like Maxi does a thing in the post that I haven't <laughs> seen him do before. A la Dirk, like he's been learning from his dad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean that first half from Maxi is really what just set the tone. I mean, from everybody uh, the first quarter, one of my favorite parts was Dirk comes in, scores eight minutes in the first three minutes of the game, which puts the Warriors in their first kind of hole. And then he goes to the bench with about five minutes remaining. And the Warriors fans, they're down like 16 to four or whatever it was. And the Warriors fans are applauding Dirk, who just buried him as he's walking to the bench. <laughs> they're glad to see him go to the bench to not hurt them anymore. <laughs> the, the, Matt, the, the Warriors fans with relationship with Dirk is very weird, isn't it? Because they appreciate him. We heard the Dirk cheering, you know, that they wanted Dirk and they were excited for Dirk. And even into the fourth quarter when they were, I mean, the Mavericks were like 40 points ahead, you know, skin with skin made a comment that, you know, like there's a lot of fans still here. There's a lot of guys still here. And then Dirk makes a shot immediately after he says that. And then everybody cheers and he goes, Oh, well I know what they're here for. And it's, it's, they respect him. And then they had that. It's a weird situation where it's, I mean, I guess it's kind of like Miami fans where they had something up, on him they have that 2007 first round you know playoff series over Dirk forever right like, mm-hmm. it's just it's very weird to me that relationship because yeah they they have that series forever <laughs> and you, yeah. you, can, you can never like get it back uh but you still respect the guy yeah for sure I mean they literally have it in Oracle Arena forever until Oracle Arena goes down with the hole in the wall that for those of you that aren't familiar because I know you guys have oh, a lot yeah. of fans um, that are probably pretty new because of Luca and Porzingis and whatnot, but and age. Uh, How about just age? Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> just, age in general. Just young, um, but you know the Mavs go into that 2007 series, the number one seed in the West. Dirk just won his MVP. They're playing the Golden State Warriors, who have this motto of "We believe," um, and then they take down the MVP and the number one seed in the Mavs. Um, and Dirk, you know, the last game, whatever game they put him away in. Um, <laughs> puts a hole in the wall and that hole in the wall is still there. And there's a signature by Dirk by the hole in the wall at Oracle. <laughs> um, and apparently they're going to try to take that somehow and put it in their new arena next season, which I'm very interested to see how that goes it had down. to have moved it already. Cause there's no way he can, he could have reached the, the spot where it is right now. Right. They had to have moved it already. Unless- oh yeah. I guess I didn't think about that. Cause yeah, when they show it, it's always high up. I mean, Dirk is seven feet tall. We can't, we can't, we can't hold that back against him. But yeah, like McMahon posted a picture of it or a video, and it it just it looks like it's literally like nine feet tall. What did he just? Like, he jumped. <laughs> I don't know. Dirk man. used to be able to jump. That, that was a thing. You know what? I'm I am putting that past him. Like <laughs> he did used to be able to jump. Yeah, I'm watching this video. It is it's very high up. He couldn't have reached that. I mean, <laughs> you couldn't have reached that with that kind of velocity and that ferocity you needed behind a punt. Did he throw something at the wall? I can't I can't remember the story specifically. I can't either. I want to say it was a punch, but I feel like they've already moved it. We'll get to the bottom of this. We need we need our best experts on this. We sure do. So the uh the Mavericks the hot shooting is one thing, but the ball movement in this in this game, I was very impressed with the ball movement. I tweeted out a clip just a little while ago. 
Uh, just some great ball movement. Luke, Luca to, to Dirk, Dirk to Brunson, Brunson back to Luca, Luca to Dirk, and just guys get the ball moving around, and Dirk is there for these wide-open threes, and this is the way that this team was supposed to play. And they had some ball stoppers. And is it is it a coincidence that Tim Hardaway Jr. goes down and the ball movement gets better? Is it? No, it's not. Are you out on Tim Hardaway Jr. already? I'm I'm really not. I'm actually I think I'm actually higher on Hardaway Jr. than most people are, but that's mainly because next year his role is going to be so different. Um, and you know, when he was the, the short time that we've gotten to watch him, he's you know still trying to figure things out and he just can't hit a shot, game. man. Like any yeah. anything he throws up just doesn't go in. So you kind of have to take your evaluation right now with a grain of salt. Yeah, exactly. I agree. So no, I'm not out on him, but I do agree. I mean, the ball movement obviously led by Lucas 10 assists, but also Brunson had a, had a quietly good game. I mean, only 11 points, but also had four rebounds and five assists, um, moved the ball. Well, um, Devin Harris had a, had a good, pretty good game moving the ball. Um, and it was just, I mean, just all around, like you said, in the beginning, uh, in the beginning of the game, I think they had, you know, five assists of their first six shots. And it's just not something that the Mavericks have been, been used to recently. And, uh, yeah, they had 15, 15 made shots in the first quarter and 10 assists. Wow. That's a pretty good ratio. I'll it's take really that. Ratio. I'll take that ratio. All right, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, let's talk. I want to talk about Brunson a little bit more because he did some stuff in this game, man. All right, Jimmy. I almost said, all right, Isaac. It's just kind of like a, it's like a tick. Is it, <laughs> it's a tick or a crutch? Just, all right, Isaac. Uh, all right, Jimmy. So, Jalen Brunson in this game. I mean, this wasn't the most gaudy game from him as far as numbers-wise. He had 11 points. He had four rebounds, five, uh, five assists, no turnovers, which was awesome. He only he was one of four from three. Uh, didn't go to the free throw line. and But he just did some things in this in this game. He was guarded by Andre Iguodala several times. And he would just spin past him and get little moves. There was a move where he was on the baseline. It had to be in the first half because they, they were going right. Um he on the baseline like spins around Andre Iguodala and then it looks like he's going to do the Nash like under the basket come back out, out and around to the uh, you know into the into the paint and so like Durant thinks that that's what he's going to do and so he doesn't go and try to contest the shot but then Brunson just stops and does a reverse layup like a like a, a behind his back layup and it was just it was one of those crafty moves and this guy he already has these as a rookie uh it just goes back to the basketball IQ and why we love Brunson so much yeah, and I mean, that basketball IQ comes with obviously playing at Villanova where he had so much experience going all the way through the tournament um, and just playing with that team and coming out as uh, coming out as a junior, which so many people just look down on in the draft. And then you see guys like Brunson come in and being able to make an immediate impact. Um, you know, I, I know you guys talked about where you would redraft him, but imagine if, imagine if Brunson was in here instead of Steph Curry or instead of Quinn cooks replacing Steph Curry for the Warriors, um, even something like that. Like he's just, he's such a great piece that Dallas has added to this rebuild. Um, and really, I mean, he's just, he, he's a starter in this league, you know, whether, whether or not he starts next year, depending on who comes in and where Luca plays and all that stuff, um, doesn't really matter. He's still like starter material. Absolutely. And he's in his first season and he's just going to keep getting better. And we, I think maybe we take for granted the, amount of time he spent in the NCAA tournament because you take all those games combined and in and, and the in college you only play 34 games so how many games did he play in the tournament I mean he had to have played, what like 16 20 maybe like 20 games he almost played a whole other season yeah. in the NCAA tournament that's pretty wild for his uh 
for his development. Yeah, I mean, we literally the Mavs literally drafted the two 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 of the most experienced players through the draft. You know, with Doncic obviously yeah. playing overseas for so long, and then Brunson winning tournaments and you know playing all the way through his junior year. Yeah, and that the experience is starting to show, or the experience showed early for Luca, obviously. Uh, and now with Brunson, people are starting to see it. And and uh, okay, so so Luca in this game, ho hum, another another twenty three, <laughs> another twenty three point triple double, thir- only three turnovers, seven of eleven from the free throw line. Which you got to get that. I mean, he 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 knows it too. Every time he goes to the free throw line, you can just see it on his face. And when he misses, he gets so mad about it. Uh, every single time. And I kind of love it. You know, you just kind of love the, the competitiveness coming out of him that, you know, every time he goes to the free throw line, it's like him versus the, him versus the rim pretty much. Yeah. His, his free throw game is absolutely a, a mental block right now is what it seems like. I know he went seven of seven, in that Kings game. That was, I think, was it the Kings game? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever yeah, game. Yeah. yeah. Kings game, which was a bad game overall, but free throw line still going seven of seven was good for him. But yeah, man, I mean, it, it's a mental thing from the free throw line, but overall, it just you know he he goes and plays basically three quarters and drops a twenty point triple double, um, also gets the three steals and he's really turning out to be not nearly as bad of a defender as everyone thinks he he was going to be coming into the league. Um, the Mavs don't necessarily have to hide him I think as much as we thought they would have to. Not saying he's a good defender by any means, um, but that's been a, a surprising thing to see down the stretch. Uh, but just. 23 10 and 11 like it was nothing it's not like he was hunting the triple double at least from what i saw it was a very natural game yeah and he well, he did it in three quarters you know <laughs> he didn't have to stay out there in the fourth quarter try to hunt it you know hunt it down and try to get these extra you know things here and there you saw the the graphic flash during the game if you guys watched the game uh triple doubles as a rookie number one oscar robertson with 26 ben simmons number two with 12 Magic Johnson's number three with seven, and now Luca falls in at number four with six. He got his sixth triple double of the season. Um, Jimmy, if I extend that to twenty point triple doubles, so you have to score twenty points, it takes a couple of those players out. Um, Luca had has had four twenty point triple doubles. Number one is Oscar Robertson with twenty five because he's just insane, and the way that they played back then was. So fast and did everything. <laughs> Alvin Adams has four and Luca has four. Those are the only guys with, with more than four. That's the, that's the top three, 25, four and four. <laughs> wow. That's pretty wild to me, but Luca can, can move into, in, into second. And uh, I mean, that's more than magic Johnson. That's more than Ben Simmons. That's more than Jason Kidd. That's more than, I mean, any, anybody else on this list, Michael Jordan, that's more than Michael Jordan. Yeah. More than LeBron James. Yeah. Um, name yeah, a, name another, a player more than him. <laughs> I saw another graphic going back. Another triple double thing is um, Magic had his seven triple doubles before he turned twenty one, um, and now LeBron or now Luca had six triple doubles before he's turned twenty one. LeBron had five triple doubles before he turned twenty one. Um, wow! So he's Luka's already better he's than already LeBron. There. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> That's it. But I think Mark Follow made a good point. The, these stats, we bring them out so much. And I, I do these so so often. I go and like a lot of my videos on Free Dawkins are kind of built off these kind of stats. That it's, you know, this player has done these different statistical things and only these other players have ever done it before. And we do that so often because Basketball Reference has made it so mm-hmm. available for us to do those things. 
And so when I say, you know, Luca is the only three players have ever had a 20 point triple double in their, uh, or only had four more, four more games with 20 point triple double in their rookie season. It's Oscar Robertson, Luca and Alvin Adams. And so you're like, well, what am I supposed to, to get from that? This mm-hmm. it's, these names that he's being mentioned with start to paint the picture of how incredible of a rookie season he's had. And Mark Fowler made that point. He said, we start looking at these names. I mean, you start having names like Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson and, and LeBron James. And he just keeps getting mentioned in all these different areas with these guys. And it's not to say that he's better than all of those guys or that his, his career is going to be better, but he's starting at the same place that all these other guys that were, you know, incredible, awesome top 50 all-time players started at and it's it's starting to, to paint that and uh it's it's crazy i mean i'm just gonna keep bringing them up because they they do not cease to to amaze me no absolutely and people people get like really weirded out by oh well, you just have to make this so specific yeah. to make it to luca but like no that's that's how it works you you put in what luca does and figure out who else has done things similar to that to those numbers or you know at least the, those amount of numbers and then of course you have to put some meaning behind it you know it'll, if you put in something random and you get 25 players that come up that are a bunch of random players it doesn't mean anything but yeah like you said when you get these guys like LeBron James and Michael Jordan and Jason Kidd as rookies in the same breath as Luka like there's there's some weight behind that definitely definitely some weight behind it um Okay, so this is very interesting to me. If I told you at the beginning of this game that no Maverick was going to play more than 28 minutes, what would you tell me that, that happened? <laughs> that we would have lost by 37. Is that what it was? <laughs> That's pretty wild to me that no Maverick played more than 28 minutes. They just kind of went out there. They did their thing. They took care of them early, and it wasn't like they ran up a score late in the game. They, they had a lead, and they just literally kept it the entire game. Golden State never led in this entire game. No, there was never a run. There was never anything that gave them any like sense of life. Like I think Boogie made a couple and one dunks, and I tweeted this out, but he kept you know flexing and yeah, you know stomping around the court while his team's down twenty to thirty points, and so. Yeah, there was just never anything that indicated Golden State had any chance. Or, you know, I mean, to be fair, um, Golden State's kind of coasting, I guess, here at the end of the season, and they they do have a game tomorrow. But, you know, either way, like the Mavs just put their foot on their necks and just <laughs> ended it. It was a perfect storm of a team that just didn't miss at the beginning of the game, and a team that just did not care. <laughs> I mean, the Warriors just did not care in this game. We didn't see Draymond all fired up. We saw a couple couple calls here and there get you know get argued by Demarcus Cousins and and Kevin Durant had his kind of longing stares at the ref. <laughs> Why do I not get the calls? Why do I not get the calls? But they really, without Steph, they kind of don't have like a heartbeat. We saw this at the beginning of the season when they were struggling, and you know everybody kept saying motivation. And then when when Boogie came in, they were like, oh well, now Boogie is going to give them this motivation to you know get one for get a ring for Boogie, and maybe that'll happen in the playoffs. But without Steph, they just they really don't have that identity, and uh, that's kind of it. Kind of feels like what Kevin Durant teams have been. They don't have that identity. They need like a Westbrook or a Curry to try and and give the team the identity that they're going to have. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Curry just, you know, you know, he's 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 very much taken for granted now at this point in the NBA, I think, in my opinion at least. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, they're going to be just fine when the playoffs roll around, but it was just so nice to see this team, the Maverick team, just mm-hmm. do what they did. 
Uh, I got sent a stat from Billy Sierra, and I found it very interesting. Um, looking at this Warriors team, and they, they still have, I think, what, 10 games left this season? Um, this Warriors team from 2016-17 season, so a couple seasons ago, to this season are 174-62. and 62. So that's a 73.7% winning percentage. Wow. That's incredible. The Mavs, from 2004-05 to 2006-07, that crazy run that they had when it was just Dirk, uh, they had a winning percentage of 75.2. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Which is better than the Warriors' run. The Warriors really haven't won that many regular season games. I did a video on Free Dawkins about, you know, are the Warriors better without Durant? Obviously, they're not. But there are some stats that, like, they won so many more regular season games when he wasn't there, which is kind of on motivation and things like that. But but Billy's stat continues when he said, uh, in that time period, so in those seasons, it's the same, basically same amount of time except for the Warriors are without 10 games because they haven't finished this season. The Warriors have had 11 combined All-Star appearances. K- Jimmy, do you want to guess how many the Mavericks had in – in those three seasons, how many all-star appearances did they have? Wouldn't I'm going to give you a hint. It's less than 11. <laughs> I think I guess it would have been four because of Josh Howard. I think that's my guess. It's exactly Dirk, four. You're exactly right. The jo- yes. Josh Howard plus three times with Dirk because it was three seasons. That's it. Wow. It just... And he, Josh Howard, and Josh Howard, I believe, was a replacement all-star too. So oh, was take he? that as you will. <laughs> Uh, Billy says prime Dirk will never get the respect he earned. Completely true. Completely true. That, I mean, those seasons were just incredible. Uh, the way that those teams are put together and, and being able to construct a team around Dirk. And if you want to try and make an argument for why Dirk is better than Kevin Garnett and Isaac is going to do that against John Corrales on this podcast soon. As he should. Um, that is one of the reasons that they built that you can build teams around around a prime Dirk a lot easier than around a, a Kevin Garnett, which the Mavericks did a better job than the Timberwolves. But absolutely, absolutely. So just thought that was a crazy stat, and uh, and thought it was it was cool for Billy to to point that out. Man, eleven combined All Stars in three seasons. That's nuts. Gosh, because they had four that one year. Man, yeah, they sure did last year. All right, let's, uh, let's take a last break, and when we come back, I have another Dirk stat for you, and then we'll continue to talk about this game and a couple of guys moving forward. All right, Jimmy, so Dirk. Let's talk about Dirk. He scores 21 points in this game, his season high by a, a pretty big margin. He hits five threes. He goes 8 of 14 from the field. He has five boards. Kind of feels like old Dirk. Kind of felt like two old blocks. Dirk again. Two blocks. Don't leave those two blocks out, Nick. Oh, he did. He did get two <laughs> blocks, did he? Oh, man. Dirk Dirk has really good hands on defense. I've been on this for a long time, but he has really good hands on defense. He does not have any legs at all, but if he can nope. be in a position to defend, he will get a swipe or a block or something. He's the, he's <laughs> just, a Mavericks all-time leader in blocks. <laughs> just that quick swipe down that you think is going to be like a hack on the yes. wrist. It just hits the ball right and it goes ball. off their knee half the time. It's all of his work with Holger. It's all of his work on the, you know, the fine motor skills and the the hand-eye coordination, and it works on the defensive end too. Now you've seen you've seen the perfect shot, right? Dirk's documentary. Yes, yeah, it's on Netflix. Okay, good, because that's one of my all-time favorites. It's great. Yeah, yeah. I, was that in theaters at one point? Yeah, like I went and saw it in theaters. Really? I think it was only in Dallas. Interesting. So 
Dirk scores 20 points. He's 40 years old, scored 20 points. All right. This is his first time scoring 20 points when he's over 40 years old. Can you guess the other seven players that have scored 20 points in a game at 40 years old or older? Oh, Lord. Only Okay, I know Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan is the number one. He's done it. Tw- he did it 20 times. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's crazy. Is that, so that Wizards Michael Jordan? Did he have, did he play on the Bulls at all when he was 40? No, no, no. Not at all. Okay, I didn't think so. Um, okay, Michael Jordan won. Um, <laughs> Number two scored oh, a lot. He scored a Carl lot. Malone. Was Carl Malone? Carl Malone is on there. He did it four times. That is number, uh, what is that, six. Kareem? Kareem is number two. He did it 16 times. <sighs> Think about guys who are in the league a long time. Uh, how old was Wilt? Wilt, I don't know if he made it to 40. I don't think he did either. He is not on the oh, list. There's two guys that were teammates on this list. They played a long time in the same place. Oh, my gosh, Nick. You're putting me on the spot. I, can't... I know. I'm putting you on the spot. I love it. It's funny. Uh, two guys, same team. Was it – wait. Dominique Wilkins, was he one? He was not. One. Okay. So two guys that played on the same team for a very long time. He would deliver packages to your house. Yeah, the mailman, Carl Malone. Carl, oh, yeah, you said Carl Malone. Okay, his, te- his oh, teammate. John Stockton. John, John Stockton. Stockton. Um, okay, another guy. John Stockton was number three. He had he had nine. Okay. Another guy is the all-time leader in games played in the NBA. Oh, oh. Um, Dirk, will ne- Dirk will never pass him and has no chance to pass him because this guy just played forever. Celtic. Holy moly. Bird, Bird, McHale, and oh yeah, uh, uh, Nick. I'm blanking. It's, right it's too late. It's right it's... there. <laughs> I really can't do it. Robert Parrish. <laughs> Robert Parrish is, is tied, tied for number four with uh, with six. Another guy uh, played in the Western Conference against Dirk a lot in the playoffs. Came off the bench. And uh, no, not Tim Duncan. He didn't play until he's forty. Full disclosure, guys, it's 12.50 a.m. <laughs> I really, my basketball brain is all Mavs right now. Um, so I'm going to let Nick give these away as a test to him. I'm testing him now. Manny Ginobili has two. Manny Ginobili <laughs> twice scored 20 points. And then the last one. Okay, this he's tied for number four, but he won't. Be, he may not be tied for long because this guy is still playing. And he's probably going to play next year. Vince Carter. Vince Carter with six. (laughs) Six times he scored 20-plus points in a game. So Dirk now joins this list. The only 40-year-olds to ever score 20-plus. Jordan with 20. Kareem with 16. John Stockton with nine. Vince Carter with six. Robert Parrish with six. Carl Malone with four. Manage Noble with two. And Dirk with one and hopefully more. Honestly, I'm embarrassed. The only one I'm not embarrassed I didn't get with Robert Parrish because I just really don't know much about him. I thought or... you might get, the, get get it because the game's played because yeah. he's on that list with Dirk all the time now. I probably should have because that graphic's been up so much lately. So often. But, yeah, no, that, that's just crazy. Those guys played so long. I mean, do you remember when your dad was 40? I remember when my dad was 40. and he... No, my, my dad's old. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he was not throwing. He was not throwing up 40. In uh, in the front yard, <laughs> throw up twenty in the front yard. Oh man, that was funny. Um, 
Okay, so other guy, other players in this game that I wanted to get to and get your opinion on. So Justin Jackson's had a decent, you know, surge as of late. He had a couple. He had that twenty point game against the the Kings. He had a good game the other night where he was hitting all those threes. Uh, he had that game earlier with the Mavericks when we went five of seven from three. He just has these these games where he comes out and he shows us glimpses and flashes and and he was drafted in Dennis Smith Jr.'s draft, so we can't we can't like put that past him that he's still really young in this league. And he's starting now. He's he's been put in the starting lineup. Dorian Finney Smith didn't get in until thirty seven seconds left in the first quarter. It's very, very different what the Mavs are trying to do. I think they're really trying to showcase Justin Jackson, really try to figure out what they have. Jimmy, what do you think the Mavs have in Justin Jackson? I really think they have a rotation piece. And I mean, if you've been following my Twitter at all, you've seen that I've been, you know, just dying on this hill for him because I really, really liked um, that we got him in the trade. I I was obviously disappointed that we didn't get a little bit more. I thought we were going to get a little bit more from Sacramento, but I've been really impressed with what I've seen from him so far. Um, and, you know, if, if push comes to shove and, and Dallas – you know, really just doesn't want to pay Dorian Finney-Smith because he gets some outrageous offer. Um, and, and Justin Jackson gets a full summer under underneath his belt and keeps doing what he has been doing. He didn't have a great game, standout game tonight, but he did good things. I mean, he's just a smart player, um, which I think comes from being at, at North Carolina. But, um, yeah, I mean, if push comes to shove and they don't want to pay Finney-Smith, I feel more confident with Jackson back there. He's not obviously not the rebounder that he is. Um, he's not quite the defender. Uh, just because he's not as strong, but I really like him a lot, and I think um, I, I definitely think he'll be in the rotation next year, or should be. Yeah, and he's one of the few guys that's under contract next season, and you know he does have potential. He has a lot of potential in this league. He's got length. He's got you know the jump shot comes and goes, but uh, it is there, and it'll be interesting. I, I'm I'm very interested in what the Mavericks are trying to do right now with, with Dorian and with, with Justin Jackson, because it does feel like they're trying to push Justin Jackson, even though he has had some, some good games, but it feels like they're trying to, to push him into more of an opportunity than Dorian and trying to pull Dorian back a little bit. Absolutely. I mean, Dorian played 13 minutes tonight and yeah. Jackson played 21 um, and Jackson got the start. Finney Smith didn't start. Um, so, you know, I, I wouldn't say that's really necessarily telling at all, but that's, you know, it's something, especially with Hardaway Jr. being down um, and they're giving Jackson the wing minutes that Hardaway would probably be getting. Yeah, and, and Dorian's not getting any of those extra minutes. And uh, they kind of know, you kind of know what you have in Dorian Finney-Smith right now. If, if he's shooting, he's, you know, an awesome 3 and D player. If he's not shooting well, you have a, a D player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a guy, yeah. That, guy that plays D. And uh, Dorian has tried to do some some – some extra things on offense. He's not just a stand in and and shoot guy these last, you know, 20 games or so that the Mavericks haven't been very good at all. And uh, I wonder if that's part of also the, the Mavericks trying to to give him a little bit more. Uh the kind of these these pump and drive kind of things that we've seen Maxi do and just some extra playmaking and he's tried to do some extra things to showcase a little bit more and uh it's not super working for him. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> But uh, but the Mavericks know what they have, and I don't know where this monster offer is coming from from somebody for Dorian Finney-Smith. I don't think so either. I I think that was more just you know hypothetical, but I could see you know someone someone offering something, but we'll see. I think you know maybe completely speculation that they're trying to hide him a little bit near the end of the season too um, for that restricted free agency. Also, another note uh, with wings and and guys. Ryan Brokoff is a good NBA basketball player, and 
I really hope he's on the team next year. He came out tonight, scored 17 points, six of eight shooting, um, and only two of the only two of those were threes. Um, I mean, he was he was making good plays. He, I really, really like Ryan Brokoff. He had this one play in the first half where he's driving, and it looks like he tried a scoop layup, but it was a pass to Dwight Powell, and it totally threw off DeMarcus Cousins. And that's not super hard when DeMarcus Cousins is on <laughs> defense, but it was a gr- I mean, it was a great pass. To, right to Dwight Powell for a dunk and then he had another play where he did the same thing in the second half except for it ended up being a scoop layup and he made it and he he does he makes he makes the right play he does good things he can shoot the lights out and man the Mavericks all of a sudden have wings what is what is this they all of a sudden have these 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 wings that can come off the bench for the last three years they haven't had any wings to come off the bench and now they have three guys but you know who's not one Courtney Lee <laughs> <laughs> Courtney uh, Lee's best days are very far behind him. <laughs> His contract is not far behind him, though. It's very much in front of him. Yes, it very much is. <laughs> I, I don't know. I feel like Courtney Lee can give you something, but he's he's getting garbage time minutes with the, the two-way players right now. Yeah. And, and you know, Nick, Kostas Antetokounmpo tied his career high tonight with one made free throw. He can only score on free throws now. He's not allowed. He's not allowed to score in any other way. And he can only split them. He can only make one of them. Yeah, exactly. He cannot make cannot make both. Just one. What if he just keeps doing that? I mean, that have to be some kind of streak, right? Last season, I remember there's a crazy stat that like Scotty Hobson was the only player. There's only he was the only player ever to score one point with two different teams in a season. <laughs> exactly, exactly one point. Exactly one point. I'll have to go find that tweet. But yeah, he was a ten day contract guy for the Mavericks and. He had done it once with the Pacers, I think, and once with the Mavericks. And so, well, Kostas now has doubled Scotty Hobson's output, so he does not qualify for this for his first team. But <laughs> that was right. so, any other thoughts from this game? Uh, the Brokoff thought was good. Dwight Powell not really a factor. What do you think about this whole? Like, Dwight Powell had five assists in this game. I did not realize that. Um, I don't realize that. What did you? What do you think about Dwight Powell's whole? His whole thing is that he's terrible in in October, November, December, and he's awesome in you know uh, February, March, and April. <laughs> just his thing, right? Like just who it he is. is at this point. It's his thing. Um, you know, he's got it trademark. Maybe you know, maybe next year we'll see Maxi takes over the first half, and then Dwight Powell takes over the second half. Yeah, I- it depends who they get, but yeah, we, just, we can just get him in the. Uh, just get him in sync. <laughs> That's it. That's all we need. I'm excited say, to see those two get to play together again because they get to play together some now, but now with Dirk, it's kind of they kind of split between the two. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the the Maxi and, and Dwight Powell line up off the bench. If it yeah, if that, it comes back, they could both be gone next year. By the way, they both could be. Um, but yeah, I mean they were super effective in the very beginning of the season uh, when when we actually had a full you know roster, um, but. Yeah, if they if they're both coming off the bench together next year, I'd be really encouraged to see that. Plus the wings now, you got wings. Let's see, we got Dwight, Maxi, Dorian off the bench, maybe, maybe Justin Jackson instead. Devin Harris, Borea, probably still Devin Harris, always forever. <laughs> as much as that, Man. are you one of these people that's frustrated by Devin Harris right now? Um, I mean, not right now. I. I at this point, I, I I think I'd be a little frustrated if he came back not in a coaching position next season. Um, but hey, Devin Harris, did you see the play where he pump faked four times 
and Iguodala did not move, and he just chunked it up with like no time remaining on the shot clock. <laughs> Didn't he make? And he made it. He made it. It was the. <laughs> I, I mean, it looked like somebody kept tapping the like the shot fake button on 2k and nothing was happening and then just threw it up and it went in it was incredible it's like well i'm already here i might as well just shoot <laughs> at this point it's not gonna hurt my career three-point shooting percentage any more than it already has <laughs> all right any any other thoughts anything else you want to say in this game anything else you want to get off your chest about the mavericks on lockdown Mavs? uh last couple things you know i mean if you're mourning this win because of the tank this morning, get over it. That was an incredible game. Um, we really got to see the best of Dirk and a triple-double from Luka. There's really no reason anyone should be upset about the game. Um, whatever happens, happens with the tank standings at this point. Um, you know, if we, if we get it, great. We'll have a new piece to add. And if we don't get it, you know, we are adding Kristaps Porzingis next year, season. So... That's my main thing. Um, you know, also appreciate all the followers that, you know, have been engaging with me so much at the end of the season, even though it's another tough ending to a season. Um, and I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. You can follow uh, Jimmy at all things Mavs. There's no underscores, right? Under th- all under thing- underscore <laughs> things underscore Mavs. Uh, and then personal accounts at Jimmy Crowther three. There is underscores. Yeah. All underscore things, underscore Mavs. You can find him there. You're probably already following him at this point. If you're listening to this podcast, you're, you're like a, a real MFFL and you're probably following Jimmy already, but yeah, go follow him on Twitter. And uh, we appreciate you having me on. Thanks so much for listening to lockdown Mavs, everybody. Peace out. Oh, boom. <laughs> it's